Hey guys, this is Sean Williams of the Sean Williams Podcast Network, host of Variety Bites and The Shark Attack. I hope you've been enjoying what I've been bringing you on on this podcast. Did you know you could actually get paid for listening to this podcast and others? Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it's true, thanks to a new free app that I've discovered called PodCoin. And here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, you and you earn PodCoin while you listen. And you can use that for gift cards like for Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're just a charitable person, you can actually have that go to charity. So here's what you do. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android. And thanks to you guys, my growing audience I, and loyal audience, I have a special code for you. Simply use the code Williams and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. So once again, just when you install the app, make sure you use the code Williams to get your 300 PodCoin, and I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. We always like to have fun and talk about happy things. But the song you just listened to was the theme music for ICW World Heavyweight Champion Adrian Lionheart McCollum. Unfortunately, yesterday, Lionheart Adrian passed away at the age of 36 years old. Adrian was known throughout all of British wrestling. Like I said, he was the current ICW world champion. He won the title at Fear and Loathing, which is ICW's equivalent to WrestleMania. It's at the Hydro. You usually get about 4,000 people there. And the I, I've always said that the British fans are the best fans in wrestling. They are so passionate. And I've been a fan of ICW now, I'd say about three, four years. I was always a fan of Lionheart. And to see that he won the big one where in a match against Jackie Polo where he put his career on the line, he won. So, Sean, I know you don't know... Um, ICW as well as I do. Did you happen to know anything about Lionheart? Regretfully, unfortunately, I did not. But in any in any circumstance, that that's irrelevant. Yeah. Having a wrestler die at such a young age, that's you never want that to ever happen. It's, yeah, it's tragic no matter what. That it is, and now, Lionheart's theme only has five words in it. It's a five-word song, and that's, Say My Name, I'm History. 
when you heard that song, you knew Lionheart was coming out. And, God, like, I saw him going to Fear and Loathing this year in November with that title. I did not see anybody in ICW beating him. But to Adrian's family and to Adrian's friends, we give our condolences. Absolutely. And and now, back to our regularly scheduled programming, where we talk about fun things. Yeah, seriously. Enough goddamn death already. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, seriously, I... (laughs) Is one of the if there's one thing I've learned from doing a podcast all these years, reporting on it on the death of a wrestler or memor or in memoriam of when one had passed on a long time ago, it never gets easier. No. In fact, it's it's just as brutal as it as it was before. But like JP said, we're gonna get back to to the lighter stuff and. Later, later on this show, we will be debuting a brand new segment, at which JP will be in the hot seat. But, but first topic: Impact released the Smoke Show, Scarlett Bordeaux. Now I gotta say, she was one of the more over knockouts. She was improving yeah. in terms of her in ring ability. And we all know that her and Killer Cross are a couple, and he's also wanted his release. And now you got to think, what are the chances of him getting released? So, JP, let's cut to cut to the chase on this one. What should we take from this news here? Um. Now, I say the Impact Women's roster is one of the best out there. Now, was mm-hmm. Scarlett Bordeaux going to be challenging Taya Valkyrie for the Knockouts title anytime soon? No. But Scarlett Bordeaux brought your sex appeal. Scarlett Bordeaux brought the TNA back to TNA. But, like you said, Scarlett was improving. Horror Fala Ba... I thought was an awesome twosome. Yeah, it, it was funny. Exactly. And wrestling doesn't always have to be serious. If there's one thing I could definitely use to describe the smoke show it, the last several months with her Smokey. in Impact is kind of loosely paraphrasing classic Diamond Dallas Page from his early WCW days when he described the Diamond Stud, but in this case, thankfully, I'm talking about Scarlett Bordeaux and not Scott Hall. (laughs) Yeah. But what I could say about Scarlett Bordeaux with both the smoke show and, of course, her ability in the ring, tough as steel and sex appeal. Yeah, now, Scarlett Bordeaux was definitely not the best women's wrestler on the Impact Knockouts roster. No, in fact, if anything, I think arguably the two best right now is, well, Taya Valkyrie and Tessa Blanchard. Well, uh, that's three. I forgot about Rosemary. 
Yeah. Please don't take my soul, Rosemary. Please do not. Just send her pictures of puppies. She'll love it. Okay, will do. Kill James Mitchell, not me. <laughs> there you go. But... Like... It's huge for the simple fact that chances are they're going to be losing Killer Cross next. And Killer Cross, for the last year plus, has been featured predominantly. Yeah, and this was his girlfriend. You're really going to tell me that he's not going to breach his contract to get out of it just because cause they released her? He already wants out. Now you're just giving him more incentive to do whatever it takes to get out. So it, and lose those two while it's not like the equivalent of losing Brian Cage or Johnny Impact, but you lo- losing those two is a good, is a big sized loss. Oh, absolutely. Like, in, I would say from two years ago, the Impact, Impact has gotten a thousand times better, but you lose a top tier player. That's huge. She was over and getting more over by the week, and her just like her in-ring ability was getting better by the week. Now, was she ready to get a title shot and carry the title? No, of course not. But in a year, a year, a year and a half, who knows? She could have been. And while we're on the subject of Scarlett Bordeaux. You know, I got to tackle this one because, frankly, this one just really strikes a nerve with me. And we already covered something like this with the Taya Valkyrie incident last episode. But for the... Let me make this abundantly clear to the dumbass wrestling fans. You do not touch the wrestler. This idiot grabbing Scarlet from behind while she's working, while she's in the middle of a match... And at one point, it, it looked like Scarlet was actually scared out of her mind thinking, what the hell's going on? It, seriously, if it were me, I would have knocked I would have knocked this fan's block off. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, cheer, boo, heckle as long as it's tasteful, eat and drink from your seat, and that is all you're allowed to do. Keep bodily fluids inside of you. Keep your hands and feet in the upright position. Do not touch the wrestlers. The Rock said in his speech at, at the MTV Movie and TV Awards, it's, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. In, other, in, a, in this situation, simple words. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. And by the way, Chef... <laughs> Congrats to The Rock on getting that award. The speech, because the speech was good, and even that entrance was pretty badass. He's not a jabroni. Nope. It's hard. It's hard to beat coming out to "We Will Rock You," and you're having, you're having dancers doing a Samoan dance. But what? 
I kind of got a kick out of him saying how they wanted him to stop being the Rock, and <laughs> that's just not going to happen. That'll never happen. Yeah. He'll always be the jabroni eating, the the jabroni beating, pie eating, eyebrow um tail raising. God, I don't remember it. Trail blazing, eyebrow raising. And he always changed it up afterwards, so yeah, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think so many people say they like Austin better, so many people say they like Stone Cold, or they like The Rock better. You know what? I liked both, but in terms of like adaptability, range, and just the creativeness of it, I kind of liked The Rock a little bit more in that area. It was just his ability yeah. to change it up. Yeah. And to this day, one of my favorite moments was when Booker T, during the invasion angle, came out to call him out. And the first thing The Rock says is, Who in the blue hell are you? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I was just keeling over laughing. And then when he just said, I'm, I'm WCW champion, sucker," he goes, so you're the WC the WCW champion sucker? <laughs> Booker T and Shane. This the um God. Yeah, tonight's just not my night remembering shit. <laughs> well, that's gonna do you that's gonna do you bad later on. Yeah, I know. But um but also got a lo- another segment I loved was Kurt Angle and the Rock backstage and Angle saying, "Look, you don't like me and I don't like you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Why don't you like the Rock?" Just that just cracked me up. And hey, the whole milk thing was funny as hell and probably still to this day some of Kurt Angle's best. I mean, come on, he sprayed the ring with a freaking milk truck for God's sake. That shit is still funny. I like the milk truck segment. Yeah. I mean, as cool as the beer truck was when Austin did it, the milk truck is just funny as hell. But, I know we're kind of shuffling around topics, but, yeah, we'll move on to the next segment. This is where we cross the line. Bitch, what line? You know, I hated the fact that Roman Reigns lost to Shane McMahon at Super Showdown, or not-so-Super Showdown, but I took a great deal of pride and a smile on my face watching Roman kick his ass on Monday. Yeah. (laughs) And like I mentioned earlier, The Rock went in the Generation Award at the MTV Movie and TV Awards, complete with a killer speech and an even more killer entrance. Was a hell of a thing. But I would say the biggest cross the line for the night Seth Rollins versus Daniel Bryan. That was a great match. That was hands down probably the best main event that we've gotten out of Raw in quite some time. I mean, Daniel Bryan yeah. is just that damn good, and anybody that thinks Seth Rollins is not that good, <laughs> watch that match and try and say that with a straight face. And, yeah, he's gone a little trigger-happy with hitting people with chairs, but you know what? I like it. Yeah. And next topic. So, 
We're not going to do predictions on Stomping Grounds because, frankly, doesn't really seem like that relevant of a show. No. In fact, shout out to my uh, good buddy Brian Waters um, pointing this out that ticket sales are actually down and <laughs> this is being viewed like an in-your-house pay-per-view. Ouch. However, there is one, there is a couple things and that I think that in order to make that show better than it, than it looks, there are a few ways they, they can do it. One is I don't think that either of the women's belts should change hands on that night. No. I don't think Lacey Evans is ready yet, and they made the mistake. They made the mistake the last time of ha- having Bailey not only lose the belt to Alexa Bliss, but pretty much get dominated the last time. Don't yeah, it's not gonna ha- it's not gonna be the same this time. Right. Also, fans are really tired of WWE, especially SmackDown lately, becoming the Shane McMahon show. Knock it off. Um, SmackDown and Raw is becoming the Shane McMahon yeah. show. Here's a newsflash: WWE nobody's paying to see him. Even if they no. do enjoy seeing him get his ass kicked. Also, we still don't know who the guest referee is for Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins. Don't drag it. Don't overhype the thing. I mean, seriously, we've seen Seth Rollins lay out just about everybody except for the guy that puts the cheese on the nachos with a chair. Just don't do it. I mean, look, just get it over with and be done with it. Don't make it this drawn-out thing. Because you're basically wasting your time considering the fact that there isn't one person that believes that Seth Rollins is going to lose that belt to Baron Corbin. And here's something I will actually say that's positive about Baron Corbin. He gets heat... He does. He embraces being hated. So, I'll give him credit credit there. But here's the thing that I definitely won't complain about, and this is probably the only match on the card that I'm looking forward to the most. The United States title match. The Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe, versus the one and only Ricochet. I mean, am I the only one that's beaming over the idea that we're getting this match on pay-per-view? Yeah, no, it, it should be a good match. Like, me and a co-worker were talking about it at work, and... He thinks there's going to be a title change there. I don't. I wouldn't be against the idea if Ricochet did win the belt, but I think he could continue this one a little bit more before you have a title change take place. And before we take a break, I wanted wanted to knock this out. It's the, where we ask that eternal question, who writes this crap? Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What, I can't count on you people? 
Alright, so, no Brock Lesnar. Again. But, we get Paul Heyman in the ring, reminding us that Brock holds the briefcase. If we're going to expect this every week, then they really did waste that briefcase. And Man, does... I was looking forward to seeing Lesnar like every week, but now. And at this point, a failed cash-in would be a lot less cruel. And as far as what about if he cashes in at Stomping Ground? Don't even bother. Yeah. I'm just really saying it now. Don't bother. No one's going to care. Alright, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break because we got a lot more to cover. So we'll be right back after this. This is the real Dwayne Allen from The Wrestling Realm. And you are listening to The Shark Attack with my guys, Sean The Shark Williams and J.P. Mayer. Oh yes, it just got real. I usually don't try to be biased, but that is always a badass promo. Shout out to the, to the real deal, realness personified, Mr. Dwayne Allen. And like I mentioned, Brian Waters, of the ref, both guys of the wrestling realm on YouTube. Recently they did an episode asking the question, has Vince McMahon missed, lost a step? Which, that's debatable at this point, but I love what they were talking about. And here's something that they pointed out, because the next topic we're going to talk about is NXT. Here's something they brought up that I thought was a very solid point. What's one thing we've said that we we can say about NXT TakeOver? They're always good. But they're always done the same weekend as another, another pay-per-view, correct? Correct. NXT TakeOver 25, however, which took place recently, was not. That it wasn't. It wasn't. It was on its own. And you know what? Still, it still was a great show, and it still drew a big crowd. So I think it's safe to say NXT has reached a point it can stand on its own. Oh, absolutely. However, the problem with that would be I just don't want them to start running takeovers every month. No, the way they got it right now is fine. Yeah, I like the five a year. Absolutely. It's more old school, and frankly, it works. Now, like I said, a lot of, we're going to be talking about NXT for this next topic. Um, which, by the way, I never get tired of seeing Adam Cole with that belt. You mean Adam Cole, baby? I stand corrected. I just wanted to make you do it for a change. But any There you go. But I expect big things from him and from Undisputed this year. I really do. And chances are we're probably going to get another War Games match which features Undisputed in it. And my my response to that is I don't have a huge problem with that. Is there any reason to? Exactly. But a tournament has been announced. JP, break it down for everybody else how this is going to work. All right. So this is an eight-man single elimination tournament. However, it's not with your normal 
NXT, guys. It is with eight new NXT wrestlers, guys who have not yet appeared on television. And a lot of these guys you'll know, and but they will have different names, which is part of what this topic is about. Let me break it down for you guys. Trevor Lee is now Cameron Grimes. Samuel Shaw is now Dexter Loomis. DJZ is Joaquin Wilde. ACH, Jordan Miles. Shane Strickland is now Isaiah Swerve Scott. Punishment Martinez, who made his debut last night on NXT, is Damian Priest. Garza Jr. is now Angel Garza. Even Stokely Hathaway is now Courtney Moore. Jonah Rock is now Bronson Reed. And those are a couple of ones that I wanted to throw out there. Anyone that I missed? Um, I believe you got everybody. Now, Damian Priest and Stokely Hathaway are not in the tournament. True, I was just breaking out the name The name changes on that one. Uh, okay. And, by the way, yes, Damian Priest did debut last night. And, hot damn. I'm impressed. I loved it. Oh. Name change, but he may, he's going to make it work. You see, here's the thing. When you're in NXT, they make you out to be the biggest thing out there. Mm-hmm. Like, like just the one appearance of Damian Priest makes you think he could go ki- kill everybody on the main roster, which obviously... We don't want to see happen right now. We want to see Mr. Priest down there for a long time. <laughs> right. Take your time with it. Yes. But he most definitely, especially what we saw in his match, he can beat the living crap out of you. Oh, God. That spin kick, though. Good Lord. I thought the Claymore was lethal, but that kick, yikes. Just... Dream match, Damien Priest versus Drew McIntyre. Oh, God. Oh, what are you... That, that's a utopia of a match right there. And, yeah. And, you know, I get I get why they changed, changed the name from Punishment Martinez to Damien Priest. You needed something that, that was more marketable, and Punishment Martinez, while it's badass... It also sounds too windy, probably for the WWE's likes. Yeah, and like having like changing Shane Strickland, changing Trevor Lee, changing DJZ. Yes, their names change, but they're still the same person. Yeah, it's one thing to change the name, but it, but people seem to forget. It's not just about the name change. It's about making it work. These guys that we mentioned, they'll make those names work. Shane Strickland will still make will make that name work. ACH will make his name work. And I know some people are wondering, then why didn't they, why didn't they change AJ Styles' name or Adam Cole's name or Samoa Joe? Because they recognize there's market value in those names. Exactly. With AJ Styles, six-time 
uh, TNA, NWA slash TNA World Heavyweight Champion, two-time IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, leader of the Bullet Club, like, that name, like, you get the name AJ, you hear the name AJ Styles, and you already know what you're getting. Samoa Joe, Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, TNA World Heavyweight Champion, X Division Champion, Tag Team Champion, every champion. And I, like, the last I checked, he still had, in terms of a one single title reign, still holds the longest record in Ring of Honor. Yes. Lethal came close on his second reign. Yep. But the, that's a name that you know. Adam Cole, first ever three-time Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, three-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Roderick Strong, former Triple Crown Champion in Ring of Honor. Russell's in TNA. Like, those are names that we all know. Exactly. And in the case of Adam Cole, look at how much the crowd eats out of his hand when he does Adam Cole Bay Bay. Oh, God, yes. The whole crowd does it. You can almost see dollar signs appearing because that shit is money. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. No, you are absolutely correct. And that is why I think they take their time and when they finally do move him up to the main roster, provided Triple H says, look, I picked this guy, we're going full throttle with him. He can make it straight to the top. I think he could. I think if there of any of the guys right now in NXT that I think could do it, it's definitely him. I think Triple H sees something with Adam Cole that he saw in Seth Rollins. Oh, absolutely. But all do, while I love Seth Rollins, you cannot, you can't match the charisma that Adam Cole has. He is the total package in that he can talk in the ring, he can do, he can do the walk in the ring, and the crap, and just have the crowd either eating out of his hand or just screaming for his head. He is an anomaly that is so rare to find in pro wrestling. Oh, I agree, hands down. But you know, uh, so of course, and but yeah, I think any, I do think all these guys with these name changes have the potential to make it big, or to make those names work. Yeah. But. Um, I will say, I think NXT overall is as strong as it's ever been, if not more so. I mean, undisputed, they already made their goal that they want to win all the belts. And they could very well do that. I mean, I will go, I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be a spoiler, but yeah, you might want to mute this for about a minute, people, if you if you don't want to be spoiled, but 
the Street Profits that take over Toronto, they're going to have their first challenge and probably their most difficult one, taking on the Undisputed Era. That's going to be insane. Yeah, and I want to say the Street Profits retain, but don't underestimate Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They were a team that even gave the Briscoes and Ring of Honor a run for the money. Oh, yeah. And were able to handle the hold their own against the American Wolves in Ring of Honor. So, do not underestimate them. The American Wolves, Eddie Edwards, and Eddie Edwards' partner. Yeah. <laughs> not, if you remember going back to Kevin Steen's last Ring of Honor match... It was him versus Steve Carino. Steve Carino had a special, like, entry, like, handed the, handed the, handed Bobby Cruz, like, something to read. Right. And he's like, he's naming off names, and he goes, Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards' partner. That's a guy who definitely has been blacklisted by Ring of Honor. Um, Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, but also, um, sorry guys, another spoiler alert, so you may want to mute it again. I'm, I'm definitely anxious for what looks like might be the next challenger for Velveteen Dream in the North American title. Yeah, he's got two challengers. One of them being the former UK champion, the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunne. Which, Velveteen Dream is good in the ring. He's a great, he's a great wrestler. But the Bruiserweight is a one-man army. He'll, he'll beat the living crap out of him. Oh God, yes. So I think if Velveteen Dream does face the Bruiserweight, we're looking at a new champion on that one. I don't see Velveteen getting past the Bruiserweight. Interesting, and if that if it's gonna be the three way in Toronto, then I'm gonna be my butt cheeks are gonna be glued to the seat. Mm-hmm. Which is the Bruiserweights, the uh, Velveteen Dream, and was it Strong? Yeah. That will be an that will be an epic match on that one. And I don't know who would. I, I predict a new champion on that one, but I just don't know who who would it be. Me. Yeah, I can see you stealing the belt, but... Yes! But, oh, okay, I, I will say this. We all win with that match. But, oh, God, um, yes. The only thing I'm certain on that one, Velveteen's not walking out with the belt in that match. Yeah, no. Maybe he can beat Roderick. Maybe he can beat Pete Dunne. He can't beat them both. And you know with that six-man tag match that they that they did on uh on NXT. You know, ever since I didn't watch it. Okay. Like I heard about it, but I didn't watch it. You know, I gotta say, ever since his match with Velveteen Dream. 
I'm actually more impressed with Tyler Breeze as of late. I think Tyler Breeze going back to NXT is the jumpstart he needed. Yeah. Because in NXT, it's not the fashion files, the fashion police. Yes, spoiler alert, Fandango comes and saves his ass. But they let them be the fashion... They can still be the fashion police down in NXT and not have the stupid vignettes, the fashion files, handing out citations, like... Well, maybe let this, them wrestle. Well, maybe the citations thing could be done, because that... But, but in small doses. Like, if they're doing that at the ring, maybe that's one thing, but... But I agree about the vignettes. And, you know, having them go for, go after the tag titles, I wouldn't have a problem with that. No. And here, here's the thing that to show what, how my opinion of Tyler Breeze has changed. I'm actually not... I'm actually less critical about the damn beauty shot. Case in point, when he actually hit Velveteen Dream with that before he rolled out of the ring, I thought it was over. I was so invested in that match, I actually thought that when he hit that, that it was done. Like, I I forgot completely how much I've been critical about that damn move. Not particularly my favorite move, but it's funny what a difference a couple years can make. Exactly. It's, yes, it's a spin kick. But, like, he has the, the the dramatics. It's the fact that he can hit it at any point. Exactly. So, I definitely see NXT gold in Tyler Breeze's future, though. And, by all accounts, maybe it's long overdue. It's long over like I honestly think his first time there he should have had a chance for the NXT title yeah probably could have alright with that being said before we break into the new t- new segment I got a little something I gotta get off my chest this is from the mouth of the shark smile you son of a bitch can you believe it's been 44 years today when since Jaws premiered in theaters? Da-da. Da-da. That theme song is like the Twilight Zone. You hear it once, you remember it the rest of your damn life. But you, get, you gotta wonder how many times that ruined going into the water for a lot of people on beach trips. Uh, yeah... But, um, anyway, what I wanted to talk about with From the Mouth of the Shark this week, it's got to do with championship belts. And horrible moments I've seen involving championship belts. For example, the long years that we had with the damn spinner belt. And JP, you and I have talked about this. 
and that, look, it was fine when it was on John Cena. When it was taken off of him, it should have gone back to the previous belt. It, to me, it's just like Stone Cold with the Smoking Skull belt. After he lost the belt, it went back to the old one. The only one that wore it was him. And I could never take that belt seriously when guys like Triple H or Randy Orton were, were holding it. I just couldn't. And, you know, Heavy Machinery with their cardboard cutout belts on SmackDown the previous week. <laughs> uh, God, that was like, isn't it bad enough that your own belts are lacking credibility? Now you got ones that scream lack of credibility. And, of course, Daniel Bryan's environmentally conscious, conscious throw-up of a title. Thank God they, thank God they ditched that when Kofi won the belt. And let's not forget the custom-made belts of Jeff Hardy's in TNA. I get that it was Jeff Hardy and it was something creative, but God, I hated that belt. Yeah. Both versions of it. But to me, the absolute worst thing I've ever seen done with a belt. Aside from Vince Russo winning the WCW title, or David Arquette winning the WCW title. And even other than Vince McMahon winning the ECW title. It was David Flair on Nitro being handed the United States Championship. On a, basically, it might as well have been on a silver platter with a pink bow on it. Yeah, did, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, didn't David Flair just get the belt legit handed to him? Yep. That's why I hated it. I hated the fact that so many guys who, have worn, who had worn that belt, including Dusty Rhodes, God rest his soul, and that belt was just being handed to him like it was nothing. A guy who had absolutely no wrestling experience whatsoever. And you're handing that to him. And you're having him wear a robe just like his old man. Except basically he looked like the Diet Coke equivalent of Ric Flair. Yeah. And I've said this time in and time out with championship belts. It's always to me been about the quality of the belt, not the quantity of them. And the more belts you had, the less they mean. And every championship has to be coveted. It has to be something that's looked at like everyone just has to have it. Look at the way the Stanley Cup is such a coveted trophy. Yeah. I want to see that with championships. I feel like I don't see that in the WWE anymore, and I haven't seen that in years. The championship belts in UFC, they're still coveted. Boxing used to be, but there's too many damn belts to keep track of, which, again, quantity over quality. So my advice to WWE, please make the belts worth something. At least the belts in NXT are still coveted. They are. Even the UK championship is coveted. 
I mean, you have so many belts you can't even keep track of. You have the 24-7 belt, which is basically a joke title. Or as JP has called it, a jobber title. Yes. And you have the women tag titles, which are barely defended. Barely showcased and barely defended. And as much as I love the Iconics, those belts are being wasted on them. Then again, they're being wasted. Agreed. If they're the champs, showcase them. Have them defend the belts. It's long overdue the belt, the championship belts, start to be of some kind of value. And right now, none of us are seeing that kind of value. All right, with that being said, people, as I had promised, we are going to do a new, introduce a new segment, and I will explain the rules of it afterwards. While this won't be the permanent theme song for it, this is the best that I got on su- such short notice. This is the Crash Course. <laughs> explain the rules of how this is going so every week we're going to trade off that one of us is going to hit three or five questions of something either past or present to test our 30 our vast years of watching wrestling at as wrestling fans and going to test us on on shooting well see how well we shoot from the hip and give our opinion on and answer to the question that's asked. There is no right or wrong answer. This is a test of our own knowledge as wrestling fans, and there is no question that's going to have an I don't know. You have to have something. Damn. <laughs> okay. So this, so this week, it'll be JP's turn facing the firing squad. Yours truly. JP, you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Name three movies with a pro wrestler starring in it, and and I mean that had top billing on it, that you liked, and if you got a reason for it, why? Okay, first off, for my favorite movie that had a wrestler in it, I'd have to go The Longest Yard, the Adam Sandler remake. You had Austin, and you had Goldberg, you had Kevin Nash, you had Goldberg. Well, you had Drake Colley. Um, JP, unfortunately, that one's not going to count. It, it had to be somebody that was billed as the star, not not part of the cast. Somebody whose name uh, was right oh, at the top. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so I'm actually going to go the original 12 rounds with Cena. No particular, like, I liked it. I didn't like part two or three with Orton and... And Dean Ambrose, Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Ooh. Um, basically anything The Rock touches is gold. Um, if I had to pick one, uh, I Chris, I didn't see the new Jumanji with him in it. Um, walking. If I had to pick. A one, it would be Walking Tall. You know, that's actually one of my favorites, was Walking Tall. But, um, 
actually did see the new Jumanji, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, that's what my brother just said, so... And here's one that I don't think you you it crossed your mind, but I'll throw one at you. John Carpenter's They Live. I was never... Oh, wait, is that the I'm all... I'm here to yep. kick ass and bubble... That's uh, the one. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And that was improved by Roddy Piper. Wasn't even in the script. They just, he said it, and they just decided to keep it in. Which is, that's just so Roddy Piper. Alright, so next question I got for you. AJ Styles seems to kind of be lost in the shuffle on Raw right now. What would you do to fix him? Turn him heel. Yeah, I mean, at this point they got too many faces, it seems like, on Raw as is. Alright, next question. Dave Batista says that AEW is not even close to being a contender to WWE. What moves do they need to make to actually start heading down that path? Well, for starters, you've only had one show. You got two more lined up. Well, three more, including the big one, All Out. That's great. That's a step in the right direction. However, you need to get your show on TV. It has. We have to have an announced date as to when we can expect to see AEW on TV. Otherwise, you know, otherwise it's just going to be what if. All right. And next one. Reportedly, Matt Riddle is going to be kept in NXT a little longer. Why do you think it is, and what do you think it will take for the higher-ups to move him up? From what I hear, Triple H is extremely high on Matt Riddle and wants to keep him down there for a while and let him have a run eventually with the NXT title. I'm for it for the simple fact that Vince doesn't get his grubby hands on him. Okay, and, well, I'll I'll add this part in here also. Do you think they change anything about him when they do move him up? They're going to put boots on him. Yeah, I, I agree. Just ask Rusev how that worked out for him. Yeah, but also in the sense of Rusev, he actually broke his foot. Matt Riddle has always wrestled barefoot and has never had anything happen. Yeah, but I guarantee you they're not going to want to take chances. Oh, no. Absolutely not. And the final question. We saw more of The Fiend featured in the Firefly Funhouse this week. At what point do we see Bray Wyatt debut him, him in the ring? And bonus points if your answer also includes the people saying that it is satanic to go fuck themselves. Um, yeah, people who think it's satanic, definitely go fuck yourself. Um, they gotta do it soon. Like, I I get the vignette, and, like, it makes me wonder, like, what Bray Wyatt we're gonna see next. Like, 
one day he's he's exercising, the next he's gardening, next he's killing his poor bunny rabbit friend. Like, I want to see Bray Wyatt back in the ring. Yeah, and I think more so we want to see it, how they're going to have him do the the fiend character in the ring. That how is it going to be different than what we've seen out of Bray Wyatt in in the past? Exactly. But while I admire the creativity of the whole Firefly Funhouse segments, it's going to get stagnant to the point where they're just delaying the inevitable, which is him being back in the ring. And you don't want to risk this thing going cold before it even has a chance to get red hot. Agreed. I mean, the one thing when they debuted The Fiend was that it got people talking. It had people talking a lot. And then it felt like WWE just pumped the brakes on it. You can't do that. We want we want to see Bray Wyatt in the ring, wrestling. And if they pull off him wrestling with that mask on, that, that then I'm definitely intrigued. I don't see him wrestling in the mask. I see him coming down the ring with the mask, and then taking it off when he gets in the ring. It's possible. And that, people, is the crash course. JP, how do you feel after handling that one? I feel as if I'm going to have... I'm going to have some fun with you next week. Oh, it's going to be interesting. And that's the other thing with this. None of us have advanced... Neither one of us have advanced knowledge of the questions that are going to get asked. I already have one of the questions in my head. Cool. Looking forward to that. Alright, and oh, one thing I want to announce because I forgot to mention this. Congrats go out to the Lucha Brothers who added some gold over over the weekend. They did. Yep. They, they actually beat the Young Bucks. Which, <laughs> didn't see that coming. I don't think the Young Bucks saw it coming either. Yeah. But, you know, I saw somewhere, like, favorite masked, uh, masked wrestler. I would have to say it's probably... I mean, I would say, if I could say both, I would say the Lucha Brothers, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Pent- Pentagon Jr. Penta El Zero Mero. I mean, just... Though I mean, those two are probably the most red hot tag teams right now in in the indie circuit. But can't can't wait to see the uh, street fight between the Briscoes and the Gorillas of Destiny. I expect a lot of scientific wrestling holds in that match. <laughs> right. Hey, a man can dream. Come on, scientific wrestling holds in a street fight. I expect a lot of arm bars, arm drag takeovers, 
What the hell are you smoking, man? The good stuff. Hook me up with it. Maybe it'll get uh, me. <laughs> maybe it'll get me through. Uh, nah, actually, there's no, there's no, there's nothing that's strong enough on the planet that would ever make me think Michael Cole's tolerable. No. But um, but come on, <laughs> the gorillas of dense, the gorillas of destiny in a street fight against the pissed off Briscoe brothers. Yeah, they're they're angry. Yeah, you know how deadly the Briscoes are when they take when it gets personal. Oh God, yes. But um, you know that's one to this day. That's one tag team I still hope never goes to WWE because I know they're gonna screw them up. Is the no, Briscoes? I don't see them ever going. WWE, as I've said, this would have to offer them not only more money than Ring of Honor's given them, but they'd also have to offer the money that they'd have to overshadow the money that they make from the chicken farm business. Because it's not about money for Jay and Mark Briscoe. They got, even when they retire from wrestling in Ring of Honor, they got that money. They still got the family business revenue going for them, so they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. So that's the thing that WWE ha- can't seem to topple is that. No, I I put the Briscoes in with the Young Bucks as a team that will never go to the WWE. Yeah, I would agree with that one. I mean, the last time we saw the Young Bucks go anywhere that was more mainstream was TNA, and look how they messed that up. Yeah, but also you figure when they went to TNA, nobody really knew who they were. Yeah, Generation Me, my ass. That was just a waste. Thank God they came to their senses and went back, though. And look at them now. Yeah. They're, look at them now. Now they're re- more red hot than they've ever been. Yeah, hands down, one of the top five teams on the planet. Yeah, another tag team I'm glad never went to the WWE was uh, the Motor City Machine Guns. Oh, Absolutely. And the only complaint I've ever had about the guns was that I don't. I think TNA took too damn long to realize what they had with those two. Yeah, but also you figure Chris Sabin was an accomplished singles wrestler before starting to team with Alex Shelley. True, we knew what he, we knew what Sabin could do, and. But I don't think we got to see truly what Alex Shelley could do until they formed they formed the Motor City Machine Guns. Oh yeah. And oh man, the best the best of five series with them and Beer Money. Oh God, yes. That was probably the the last truly great moment I've ever seen out of TNA. That every match was different. And it delivered each time. Now, before we wrap things up, here's a random TNA tag team question I thought of. Who'd you like? Who'd you like more between these two? Given both of them involve James Storm, and also why? Beer money or America's Most Wanted? Oh, oh, that's 
Um, I'm looking. Uh, I'm gonna have to say beer money only because to me it looked like he was having more fun as part of beer money as opposed to being with AMW. Yeah, you see, that reason is why I think it's a tough one. But at the same time, in terms of their, in terms of like, the one, when I think of America's Most Wanted, the one feud that stands out to me more than anything is their two year their two year long feud with Triple X that culminated in the Six Sides of Steel. Yes. Which to this day I think is still one of the greatest cage matches I've ever seen in my life. And that frickin' tightrope walk on the cage by Elix Skipper. Yeah, that... And just hearing the impact zone just pop huge for that. Yeah. But... You know, it's funny that you know, splitting up America's Most Wanted, I mean, they could have done something with that feud with them and LAX, but at the same time, America's Most Wanted at that time had done it all. And I guess they, they thought they had something with the feud between Wildcat Chris Harris and Tennessee Cowboy James Storm, but, and they did, well... At least with that Texas death match. That was a good match. Then after that, everything went completely to hell. I mean, Chris Harris may have been a talker, but he wasn't that good. In terms of charisma, James Storm seemed to have more. Yeah, given his whole charisma was basically him being a beer-drinking son of a bitch. And I mean that as a positive. Yes. But... At least he had it. And to this day, yeah. we'll always say that the biggest, the biggest mistake, T- one of the biggest mistakes TNA made was that they never put that belt on James Storm. What belt? The world title. They put it on him. I mean, giving him a serious title run. Yes. That's what I mean, is giving him... But when Bobby Roode was the it factor... It should have culminated with him and James Storm and with James at Bound for Glory and James Storm standing tall as the new champion. You see, I thought that the match at Lockdown, which was in Tennessee, I thought that was going to be where? Where Storm won. That should have been, but in any case, TNA dropped the ball when they had James Storm. Multiple oh, times yeah. when they had James Storm. And they brought it, they, he came back, and what did they do? They dropped the ball again. Yep. And let me tell you something. His last theme music, Long Necks and Rednecks, I love, I got a kick out of that one. Long Necks and Rednecks are my friend. You got, it was, uh, pre, I mean, it was hard to not get pumped up when you heard that one. Yeah. 
But we're gonna. In that that being said, people, we're gonna wrap things up this, for tonight. JP, plug away. Um, the Twitter and the Instagram are at JPMayor80. Um, no wrestling for me this weekend. The next show I'm going to be at, I have no idea. I don't go to shows nearly as much as I used to, so... If I'm going to do a show, you know that means it's going to be a good one. Yeah, no wrestling for me. No wrestling show for me next weekend. If anything, I'll be seeing event the Avengers Endgame with added footage next weekend. How much more footage can they add? They're really just trying to slap Avatar around. Is that a bad thing? No... If you ask me which is the better movie, Avatar or Avengers Endgame, I'll say Avengers Endgame in half a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. And don't be surprised if I end up going to the theater sporting my new Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, so, in Avengers news, I got my... I got a mail call today. Yeah. From from FYE.com. Yeah. Um, The FYE exclusive... Um, Captain America, which glows in the dark, Funko Pop. There you go. Yes. You know, if I had money to burn, I'd buy that shield. My friend has the shield. Yeah? How bad is it up close? Oh, it's it's fucking sick. I'm actually going to his house on Sunday, so I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. Cool. I'll take a picture of the Infinity Gauntlet as soon as I got it. Won that on an eBay auction. Nice. Well, I sure as hell am not going to pay the full price for that damn thing. Full price for that's like a hundred bucks. Yeah. All I paid was seventy-four for it. That's not too bad. No. And yeah, it's pre-owned, but hey, it still works. I'm good. And I even got the uh, Quantum Realm uh, Avengers hoodie. Nice. Yeah. All I need to get is the sweatpants and I'm all set. What can I say, man? Nerd and proud. Hey, ain't ain't nothing wrong with that. Yep. All right, so my turn to plug. Follow me on Twitter at SeanMissPrime81. Instagram handle for this show is... At Sean's underscore podcast. And of course, the Facebook group is The Shark Attack. And of course, the Facebook group for Variety Bites, which I'm slowly but surely getting back on track with getting more of that for you guys. And I already said it on Variety Bites, but I'll say it again. Congrats again to my good buddy Matt Liff and his new wife Jenna for who are enjoying their honeymoon as we speak. Live it up, guys. You deserve every moment that you're going to have. What can I say? I'm sentimental that way. Yes. And hopefully with me catching the garter at the wedding and me being the next groom, I'm hoping the the bachelor party, I end up waking up with a hospital bracelet on my wrist wondering how the hell that got there. Oh, God. (laughs) I want to be like Bradley Cooper in The Hangover. The first one. The other two sucked. I want to be the one walking it. 
Somebody warning me there's a tiger in the bathroom. I walk into the bathroom, see it, close the door going, Oh, holy fuck, he's not kidding. <laughs> yeah, good times. But anyway, and of course, next week, well, well, we'll cover a little bit of what happened about at Stomping Ground, but also, it'll be my turn to face the firing squad, that is, and this time it'll be JP. Yes, and like I said, I already have one question. All right, looking forward to that, man. All right, that being said, he's JP Mayer, I am the Shark Sean Williams, and we are out of here. Say goodnight, JP. Goodnight, JP. Hey, guys, this is Sean Williams, the host of the Shark Attack and Variety Bites and the owner of the Sean Williams Podcast Network. I'm hoping you guys are loving what you hear. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing from the show, make sure that you can make sure that if you feel like it, you donate to help keep this revolution going. Just there's no real set amount, no minimum, no maximum, just whatever you feel like donating to help keep the show going. And I wanted to take this opportunity to also mention that this show also now has a voice message system, so you can actually leave voice messages for th- with your comments, your questions, anything that you want me to cover on either the Shark Attack or on Variety Bites. If you want to leave your thoughts or questions about wrestling, make sure that you mention that, that it's for the attack. And if you got something that you want me to talk about in sports or in entertainment, make sure you mention that it's for Variety Bites. And I promise the link for the voice message will be provided in the episode description at the end end of this show. So guys, make sure make sure you donate if you like what you hear. And of course, make your voice heard and leave your some leave your voice message on on this show. And because I guarantee you it will make it a good one, make it count, because I will also have it played on the air. So Make your voices heard, people, and help keep this revolution going. He was born perfect, and just like the great white shark, this guy has never had to move.